Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But we keep doing things to make it easier. Do we really? It doesn't seem like it gets easier. I was just thinking about that when I started the podcast here because I have two buttons I have to press. Back in the day, you know, we did a complicated dance of dual recordings that were merged and the audio was, you know, the the intro was added and all that. And now it's just press this button, press this button and we're rolling. Yep. Well, we moved to the uncut version of Life is Hard and that eased the... uh, manual intensity of it well that definitely. too that too but then you know this is even another step in that direction so it just keeps getting easier by the way can you hear hey. me hey what can you hear me can i what uh hear me i'm sorry i can't hear you what that's what i was afraid of see this is the problem with all this modern technology <sighs> sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh, we had to start with an unfortunate announcement tonight yes Christmas is canceled. Wait, I mean, the Christmas episode is canceled. We will not be doing a Christmas episode tonight. Well, aside from the deep sigh, really, the it's not so much that we're not doing a Christmas episode. It's that I called it the Christmas episode mistakenly. It's really the winter solstice, because today is the winter solstice. And what does yes. that mean for all of you flat earthers out there and other people that enjoy science? That means you could stick an egg on the wrong side and it'll balance. Uh, That wasn't actually what I was thinking. Um, It's not true anyway. That's like the vernal equinox or something. Yeah, and this is nothing about equinoxes. I was trying to be silly. Come on now. I'm just saying this is is important stuff. Can you hear me? Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, The winter solstice in the northern hemisphere means it's the shortest day of the year we've reached the point where the tilt is as extreme as it's going to get wait a second all days are 24 hours there is no shortest day yeah no the least amount of sunlight anyway so in the southern hemisphere however on this same day they have the longest day and if you happen to live on the equator you don't give a fuck but even in the summits. No, there you talk. go. There you go. Even in the southern hemisphere, their day is 24 hours. Yes, but today is the longest day. But it's still 24 hours. Ah, you're just being you're just being obstructionist. The sun will be up the most amount of time in the southern hemisphere today, and it was up the least amount of time here because the earth is tilted. One side is tilted towards the sun at the maximum, and the other side's maximally away from the sun. So gotcha. they actually have 24-hour days now on the in the North Pole. I'm sorry, South Pole. 24-hour night, the North Pole. Got it. So what kind of Wiccan significance does that hold? Well. Like, why do we celebrate? I think the reason we celebrate the winter solstice a little bit late on the 25th instead of the day of, is because it took a few days for ancient peoples to realize that the days were starting to get longer again. And once they realized that, they celebrated because when the days are getting short, basically the sun is sinking lower and lower in the sky, right? It's not, 
I mean, you could measure the length of day, daylight, whatever you want to do. But the point is the sun's getting lower and lower. And if you're thinking of this like as a primitive person who doesn't understand anything and you think the earth is flat, you're thinking that the earth is like, or the sun is basically going to dip below the horizon and disappear forever, in which case you're going to freeze to death and die. Okay. So when it stops sinking and starts coming back up again, you go, yay! <clears throat> yes. Yes. And, and... I've heard it postulated, posited, whatever the right word is there, that when it starts to rise again, right, that is the birth of the sun. And so it was actually a pagan thing that was kind of co-opted into the Oh, it was definitely co-opted because Jesus was born. If, If the history we have on Jesus is correct, if anything in the Bible is right, which we don't know, Jesus may not have even existed, but if any of it's right, if we if the history we have is correct, then Jesus was born probably in July. Of course, July first, so, probably. Yeah, well, in other words, this date was picked strictly because, and they did. I mean, Easter was chosen. That's a big pagan celebration. You know, um, the spring, the reproductive thing. Everybody's banging everybody. Um, what yeah 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 springtime is the time i don't want to be painted that's when the rabbits go for it and probably we go for it i mean everything because that's probably why they call it pagan okay look there are certain (laughs) things you know that you want to do at certain times right if you're going to be pregnant you want it to be during a time when things aren't as harsh when there's food available you know all that stuff you don't want to be pregnant over the winter when food is scarce I guess you don't want to be pregnant in the summer when it's hot and you just. Ah, oh, that's global warming. It didn't used to be that way. <laughs> uh, there were ice ages. Remember? I mean, it was. Anyway, so we're getting carried away. We're spending way too much time on the solstice, but that is that is the celebration. Uh, the reason, actually, the reason for the season, as they say. Wow. I do want to throw out, though, that I looked up – no, I didn't look it up. I just had been listening to the news reports, the audible news reports, and what we were having so much trouble pronouncing, Maxwell's first name is pronounced I, – I believe the correct pronunciation is Ghislaine. The Americans uh, are lazy. I like yeah, I, I know, I know. The Americans are lazy and they say Ghislaine or Ghislaine or whatever. But the But the ones I heard, the Europeans I heard say it. Seem to, and she is European, by the way. So uh, I think it's a French name, isn't it? European. I'm a pean. We're all a pean. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I was in a the while river ago. of life. I did that just before the show, so I have to do it um, in the shallow end of the swimming pool of the gods. But we all know that the French like that. don't like con- the conservation of letters. What could have been? What <laughs> yeah. could have been like what? One, two, three, seven letters. G i s l a n e. Actually, the S isn't even, the S is silent. It was just G-I-L-A-N-E, six letters. Ghislaine. Mm-hmm. They turned into, I don't even want to count them. It was like 27 letters. Yeah. G-H-I-S-L-A-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to correct that for the record because we did uh, sort of butcher that in an earlier episode. Well, it was more fun to butcher it. I'm still yeah. going with Ghislaine. And while we're explaining common things, uh, I don't know if you've seen the abbreviation TFG in reference to Trump. Mm. I keep seeing it in Twitter, and I'm always wondering what the heck it means. Well, some guy on Twitter actually asked. He said, okay, 
Okay, I'm asking, what does TFG stand for? And apparently, because it's a reference to when Trump wouldn't refer to Obama by his name, he would call him the the former guy or the former president or something like that. Well, now TFG stands for the former guy. So they're okay. calling Trump the former guy now. So after there's another president after Biden, Biden will inherit the TFG. Well, and Trump acronym. will become. They the, won't always be for Trump. Well, actually, I think the only reason they use it for Trump is because a they don't want to say his name and b he did it to, to the previous president. But I think Trump will become the TFFG, the former former guy. Gotcha. That's so. what Obama is now. Yeah, yeah. It's like your grandpa, and then your great grandpa, and then your great great grandpa, and then your great great great. It's like the F's keep multiplying. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. T F F F F F F F F F G. Fortunately, like Woodrow Wilson. Fortunately, we only do this every four years, so it's not gonna not gonna get too or A depending. Yeah. We shouldn't get more than like five more F's in my lifetime. Oh, so I do want to mention, because for the past two weeks we've had podcasts and I haven't brought it up, um, so I mentioned that I do have a dog now, Oof. and my dog is unique. He's a hunting dog. He's Well, he's an ex-hunting dog. Um, I have to correct you here. Yeah. If, if the dog actually hunts, he would be a hunting dog. Oh, I see. Well, the point is he's, a, he's, he's kind of like the equivalent of a recovering Republican. Okay. Well, I mean, he's, his name is John Boy, right? And he <laughs> was turned, you know, given to the shelter by some guy who said, well, he won't hunt no more, so I'm giving him to you. You know. He so he's not a hunting dog. Well. He's a, he's a TFD. He still, he still <laughs> thinks he's a hunting dog. <laughs> he, so he gets excited about three things, and uh, one of them is kind of funny. Um, he gets excited about his walks. Like he loves to go for walks. He doesn't like being in the house at all. I mean, he, he'll hang out in the house. He's getting, he's getting better about hanging out in the house, but he really likes to be outside. Um, he gets super excited about his jerky treats when we come in. That's actually how I've convinced him that it's okay to come back in the house after we take a walk. I used to have to drag him back into the house. Now he, he's pretty excited about it because he, he loves his jerky treats. He'll just throw them up in the air and chase them around and toss. It just goes crazy over him. Like he doesn't just eat them. He has to play with them. And then the third thing, which is really weird, is he keeps stealing my microphones. Nice. The you know the 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 well they, some people call it the dead cat, which I guess would be appropriate in this case, but that big fuzzy windscreen you put on the mic. Mm-hmm. He loves those. He'll he'll take the windscreen off the mic and throw it up in the air and chase it and throw it around. And so one day I came out, I've been working in my office, right? And and I came out and all three of my windscreens, one total complete microphone with the windscreen, and then two windscreens that were separate, separated from their microphones, were <laughs> scattered around the house. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's <sighs> amazing I can hear you now. It is amazing, although I don't use a windscreen. I use a pop filter on this one. So he hasn't gotten well, yeah, around to I stealing mean, pop filters yet. Or that microphone that you're currently using. Yeah. That's what I was referring to there. Yeah, this is the TFM <laughs> anyway, so so uh, uh, one last thing about the dog. I am super excited. Tomorrow, I am going to be getting him a collar, 
And I didn't even know this stuff existed. If I had, he'd already have it. Because I just a collar, a collar. Of course, yes. they've existed. No, no, no. This is a special collar. So, so I was at a party, and I was talking to some friends of mine, and I was telling them that I've got this new dog, but he's a hunting dog, and he just loves to run through the woods. Hunting, hunting dog. Yeah, and I can't fence in my entire yard, and I don't want to fence in a small area for him. I'd love to be able to just keep him from running off. And they said, "Oh, they go. We've got this collar." And you just set up, you don't, you don't have to bury any wires, you don't have to do anything. You just, just mark the corners of your property. The collar has a GPS built into it. And it's a shock collar, but when he gets close to one of the boundaries, it just gives him a shock as he gets closer, it shocks him more, right? So the idea is that it, you know, it, it makes an invisible fence as if you'd buried one of those invisible fence wires. But you can, nice. you can map out the entire acreage, right? And just... And or you can map out a different area if you want. And and there's like if I go camping with him, I can walk a fifty foot radius around my campsite and uh and set that up as the perimeter and he will not be able to leave that perimeter. That's so, pretty slick. Oh, it's amazing because one of the things that I've been Do you get like an app with it and you can Yes, you have an app cheap. because you've got it yeah. The the, the collar is independent of everything. Like it doesn't require internet access or anything. So thank goodness, because that wouldn't work very well in the woods. But um but to program the collar, you have to have so you basically hotspot through your phone, carry the collar around the corners that you know the uh, the perimeter that you want to use. And set the perimeter up. You can also set it up by pointing on a map. You can, you know, move pins around on a map. But to be accurate, it's probably better just to walk the collar around. Um, and then oh, once you walk the collar itself, yeah, the collar is the GPS, right? The collar mm-hmm. has, and so you just tell the collar record this spot, record this spot, and once it has the the perimeter, it, it just draws the lines in between, right? So, gotcha. It's sweet. So you can make it like a circle or a pentagram. Or a dodecagon. Up to 20 points. Many... Up to 20 points. Yeah. Oh, so not a circle then. There's a limit. Um, there may be, there's a there's something called a beacon that comes with it that you can do a, a radius on the beacon. But they generally have you use the beacon as a, um, like for instance, let's say there's a room in the house where you store your microphones mm-hmm. and you don't want them to go in there. You can put the beacon in there and set it up for a 10 mile per, or 10 foot perimeter on the beacon and he won't be able to go in there. Mm, interesting. And I think you can buy additional beacons. And I think the beacon, well, the friend, the friend that told me about it said, if you carry the beacon in your pocket, for example, you can set it up to create a perimeter around you so you can walk your dog and your dog can't wander more than a certain distance from you. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty flexible. Slick. Yeah, I, I might talk about this again after I get it and get a chance to actually use it because right now I don't even want to tell you who makes it because I don't want to advertise for them and then find out it sucks. But right. I'm really excited about it and I'm hoping – well, and it came with a recommendation from somebody that I know and trust who has five acres of land and they said they've mapped out their whole five acres and it works great. So I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty sure it will work. Um, but anyway, so back to more serious news. We have That's pretty cool. That's like – Tech for dogs. Dog oh, tech. I was so excited when I found this out because when they were telling me about it, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's perfect!" Because I've been I've been looking at the cost of fencing, and just to finish just to finish a small section of fence in my yard would have been like twenty five hundred dollars. That's with me doing all the work, just the materials alone. Right. Yeah. It's just it's insane. I mean, this collar wasn't cheap, but it was a lot less than that. <laughs> and and I get the whole yard right. I get as much of the yard as I want to let the dog run around in which I'll probably right. probably do 
Initially, I'll probably do like the two acres that are around the house, and then eventually I'll probably give them the whole woods. But initially, I think I want to keep them from wandering because I'll just lose track of them in the woods. Even though he's in my woods, he hasn't run off. I still won't be able to find him. Plus, you know. I'll get ticks and all kinds of crap. Oh, there, God, know. it's been Tick City since I got this dog. Oh, no. He doesn't just get ticks. He gets all the ticks, and then he <laughs> gives them to me. He's a tick magnet. Yeah, because he's got to, <laughs> he's got to wander into every little bushy mess. And hey, around. you know what? If that hunting dog was supposed to find ticks, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd, be, yeah. he'd be a damn good hunting dog. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I do want to mention, though, that um, I don't know if that's worth talking about because we're going to run out of time before we cover everything we have to cover. Uh, the um, the mobile home park issue that I'm always ranting about, people, oh, yes. investors buying up mobile home parks, is back in and the news. Backing up the rent. And yeah, it's back in the news. and the, Gentrifying trailer parks. And the angle this time was that not only are these people doing this, and it's a real problem, but the government is subsidizing them. Uh, of course they are. Yeah. So it's like, oh my god. And I don't have time to go into a lot of details, but th- that's basically it. Just this is just insane. Like we live in this most fucked up country in the world. Yeah, Ugh. I was watching a TikTok the other day, and they were talking about America, and they're like, um, you know, obviously they're not from America, and they said America is a weird country. You know, like. The things that you guys think are normal are just weird. Like having insurance provided through your employer is weird. Yeah. 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 Like not having mandatory days off, like 40 days off during the year is weird. (laughs) You know? Yeah. No, I mean, we really, we, we let capitalism drive everything. Basically it just comes down to how much power do the people have versus how much power do the corporate elites have and the power sh- is shifting uh now the you know there's you could debate that the pandemic has shifted the power back towards the employees which is great i hope that's true but i have no confidence in that holding you know? no the power is always where the money is exactly i was hoping you'd say that so i wouldn't have to because people are thinking that i'm just one of them conspiracy nuts but you know it's true i mean the money money is power and that's what controls just about everything. If you ever want to, you know, they always say, it's funny because both sides always say, follow the money. Well, that's true. Follow the money. But the, I just think it's funny when people, when people claim it's the scientists that are making all this money. I'm like, I don't think you got that <laughs> right. So you're saying the client, scientists that are saying that the planet is warming are the ones making all the money, not Exxon Mobil. Yeah, I don't know about you. <clears throat> But uh, so, so, so there's, uh, there's a discovery they had. Um, okay, there's actually been a couple of discoveries. One was a dinosaur embryo that was very well preserved inside of a, a fossilized egg. Okay. So where was this? So for those of you who've been waiting for Jurassic Park to happen for real, oh, it was in China where they found it. But, but this is the first time they found like a fully... Uh, intact, you know, skeleton, it's not really, you know, I say it's an embryo, it's, it's, it's fossilized, but it's a fully intact skeleton of a dinosaur inside of an egg. It was pretty, I mean, it's pretty well developed. Like it's not like, it's probably getting ready to hatch. So all those people out there that thought that dinosaurs were mammals, we now have definite proof that you are incorrect. Yeah, it was definitely bird-like, 
very bird-like. And they said what, what species it was, but I couldn't tell you from, I mean, I, I have a link I could click on here. But um, but then they also discovered a gigantic millipede, a fossil of a millipede that was eight feet long and almost two feet wide. <laughs> That would be scary. Yeah, yeah. I meant to. I meant Can to preface that, that with a warning. <laughs> Tell anybody who has nightmares based on what we talk about on this podcast to not listen to that bit. But it's too late now. So, picture that thing. You know, they said it was over a hundred pounds, or it would have been over a hundred pounds. Oh and, my goodness! And they think it may have been predatorial, like it may have preyed on small, you know, in, invertebrates and amphibians and stuff. Imagine an alligator. With, with a thousand legs. <laughs> right. With 996 more legs. And the creepiest thing you can possibly imagine. I mean, basically, in my, and I guess my take on this is the land of the lost got it right. Oh, you'll have to explain that. The movie? The movie Land of the Lost? I With Will Ferrell? Yeah, I think. I don't remember. Did they have giant centipedes in that one? Because it might not have been that one. It might have been another one, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth or something. But it, I've seen giant centipedes in several science fiction movies. So I, but these are millipedes, though. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a millipede. But I'm just saying, I, I don't know that we ever counted the legs in the movie to see if it was a millipede or centipede. They're just huge and ugly and creepy, and they're, you know, like, come out of everywhere. So, yeah. But I'm just saying that the, that the sci-fi movies got it right. They, you know, they... There were these Can I add to the extinction pool return of the giant millipedes? Yeah. <laughs> return of the Well, giant. it's it's probably safe to assume they couldn't survive in the environment we have now because the reason that insects got so large 250 million years ago was because there was a lot more a higher percentage of oxygen. So here's another science segment. I, we're well, we're breaking the science. So if we figure out how to suck the carbon out of the air and restore the planet, <laughs> no, 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 we're making the environment <laughs> ripe for the return of the giant millipedes. No, no, no. There hasn't been that much oxygen in the, in the atmosphere in hundred over hundred million years. No, originally back in the days of the megaflora and the megafauna, before there was a lot of animals, the plants plants came first. So it's a little science segment here. Plants came first, and they made it possible for creatures like us to even exist because they had to put oxygen in the air. But the oxygen levels, the amount, the percentage of oxygen was much higher back then. And if you are a uh, an exoskeleton, like uh, an insect, they don't have lungs. They don't breathe. They actually get oxygen through their shell. And so if there's a low amount of oxygen, they can only get so big because the oxygen can't penetrate deep enough. Gotcha. So they were able to get larger back then, and we really, in theory, would never have insects as large now as we did 250 million years ago. And I feel like that was just yesterday, too. You know, time just flies. You know what I'm saying? 250 like, million yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I'm like, you know, people are like, do you remember? Well, yeah, it seems like just yesterday that happened. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of uh, reboots, because, you know, we were going to reboot the Jurassic Park thing, remember? Yes. So, so okay. the next. I was trying to catch that. You know, there's a there. there's a Matrix reboot right coming out. I saw that Matrix yeah, well, Resurrection. I saw the advertisement for it. Yeah. Well, did you hear that? It turns out. Okay, so there was a there was a significant. Are you about to spoil this? No, no, no. This has nothing to do with the reboot. This just has to do with Matrix in general, the story. Okay. 
So, right. so it turns out there was a, a significant cohort of people who felt like that the Matrix was an analog for coming out as transgender. What? Yeah, I know. And I was like, really? Like, this is just, oh my God, right? So it turns out, I watched this this video by, um, oh, who is it? Uh, I've got Kenzie Lutici, L-U-T-E-C-E. Um, okay. Anyway, she did this YouTube video where she shows the bits that they claim are analogous. And, and honestly, there's a lot of weird stuff in the Matrix that you could, I mean, you could probably find. And she mentions that too. She goes, you could probably pick a different uh, thing to, to analogize and you could probably come up with lots of other explanations for these things. But, you know, the blue pill, the red pill, the no, no going back, the coming out of your egg. Remember when they release you from your thing and... And having to re, you know, to to reactivate your muscles because you've never used them. All these things are are analogous to a transgender person coming out of the closet, basically never being able to, you know, go back into the closet, and then all, and then having to have their body metamorphosized and all these other things. It just, it just, you know. And then they they say the movie's kind of queer and the way everybody dresses and all this stuff. And but there was a guy though. Um, when when uh, when when uh, when I was reading the Twitter feed on this, there was a guy who commented. I thought it was kind of funny. This is unrelated, but I thought it was funny. He said, "If if you're triple vaxxed, uh, showing papers to go watch the Matrix in theaters, he goes, you missed the point of the series. You're a blue pill pleb." <laughs> <laughs> so those of us who got triple vaxxed were just a bunch of uh, were 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 was it what were they were people that are connected to the Matrix who couldn't adapt we couldn't we can you know we can't let go so well i mean based on what i've seen in the matrix i highly doubt i could let go anyway yeah yeah i mean it's it's basically our our life right if you if you cut yourself loose from the matrix now you're just drifting around in some submarine eating porridge you know exactly and you're not having like doordash delivered to you and but here's something that adds credence to this whole theory about the matrix being a transgender thing you know it was written by the Wachowski brothers, right? Mm, I did not know who wrote Yeah, they're the it, same okay. people that did the V for Vendetta. Um, okay. The Wachowski brothers, and I did not know this, are now the Wachowski sisters. <laughs> okay. I kid you not, they are now women. So that's why it's sort of like, and and they have apparently. This is what got me onto this whole thread. Was was uh, I was just passing by the radio, and NPR said something about the authors of the Matrix admitted that it was about coming out as a transvest or transsexual. So I was like, "Whoa!" Like they said it was, and then I went look look anyway. Then did a little bit of research and went down this rabbit hole, and uh, it, it's just it's like okay. All right, so there may be some there may be something to it, you know. So does it turn out that they actually said that? I didn't no? find a rep, but I mean the fact that NPR said they did, probably they did. I mean, I, I'm assuming, but I didn't in my in my rabbit hole search. I didn't actually come across a quote from them. That's like, weird because I just sent you the thing a while ago about the Matrix and Terminator where the lady who was like the executive producer or whatever of both of those basically said it was uh, 
an allegory or whatever the right word is about uh like Jesus essentially you know the chosen one yeah. and all that and saving mankind from the machines and all this stuff yeah so. yeah i mean there there's there's i think i think you could come up with all kinds of metaphors you know it's allegory right but know. i mean i mean the people that wrote the actual story would you would think be the authority well yeah but the people on- that wrote the Matrix and the people that wrote the Terminator aren't the same people. So it kind of defies logic to think that they were, that they agreed that this is what they were writing. I don't know. Anyway, but that's, um, I looked at that thing you sent me and I wasn't impressed. I don't actually remember too much about it. I just remember thinking, yeah, this is kind of off the rails. Uh, But I do want to say there's one more thing I'll cover before we get to our, our Christmas jokes. Because I have oh, a couple have Christmas, Christmas jokes. jokes. Yes, Sweet. and we're we're down to a minute and a half. So, I'm okay. not sure if you heard about this truck driver. Um, it was it was a big deal back when it happened. Um, he was coming down a hill in Colorado or side of a mountain or whatever, and and he lost his brakes. And there was a, I guess it was going into Lakewood, Colorado. Apparently, there was a backup in traffic, and so when he came down the hill at high speed, he crashed into a lot of cars and killed I don't know how many people. But they don't was, have the truck runaway. They do, they do, and he couldn't get into one. Uh, According to him, he was busy trying to downshift and avoid hitting cars, and he didn't make it into the runaway ramp, and it was just a mistake. It was just a a gross, uh, fatal error. I mean, it's... I'm not going to say it could happen to anybody, but it probably could happen to anybody, right? It just happened that way, and he ended up killing a bunch of people. But he was just tried recently and sentenced, and he was sentenced to 110 years because the sentencing guidelines in Colorado say there's a minimum sentence for vehicular manslaughter, and he has to serve them consecutively. And he he killed a lot of people, so... He ends up with 110 years, and they're having a big. There was like 4.5 million people that signed a petition to say, "Hey, this is ridiculous." I mean, the sentencing is just insane. I only bring it up because it's like it's one of those situations where you just go, "Wow, our legal system is just <laughs> fucked up." <laughs> I'm not saying the guy shouldn't have paid, you know, have had consequences, but to serve 110 years, well, basically the rest of your life. For something that was, uh, you know, he's a young guy. He's like 20 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if anything, maybe he needed more training, you know, to drive a truck before he drove a truck. But it wasn't like he had any malicious intent. He had no criminal record whatsoever. You know, there was no negligence, no gross negligence found or anything else. Right. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, and then we've got the other case that right now the jury is out on um, with that. Remember the uh, police officer who was training somebody who pulled her gun instead of her taser and killed mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She right now the jury is asking they asked the judge today what they have to do if they can't reach a conclusion, like if they can't reach a consensus. So they're going back in the deliberation. The judge probably said you need to really work hard on a consensus. But you know, that is a I still think that should have gone down differently. I I uh, just based on her reaction at the time that it happened, you know, on body cam, her instant, oh my God, you know, I fucked up thing. I really do think it was an accident. I, but, but see my thought on that, and I probably said this way back when we talked about it the first time, was that she should have just pled guilty and said, yes, I did it, you know, and just 
throwing well, sure, her stuff. If it really was an accident and she knew she did it, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question that she killed him. I love it when, when you're listening to the uh, the news and they'll say, you know, this person allegedly did this. I'm like, no, they're not disputing that. They're not disputing whether they killed somebody or not. They're disputing what the circumstances were, you know, what the extenuating circumstances were, whether or not they're culpable of, you know, a crime or it's just an accident. But I personally think it probably was an accident. It was probably a case of misjudgment. You know, again, something that's why, you know, it's kind of analogous with this truck driver, right? I mean, the truck driver killed people and it was a terrible, terrible accident. And this police officer should have known better. And yes, she probably should have consequences. Well, except for the truck driver did not train other truck drivers. Yeah, I know. And he didn't say. And he didn't have 30 years of experience either. You know, if he was an older, experienced truck driver, he may be more culpable. Being a young guy, I think it's not fair to just throw the book at him. And he didn't press the hammer down on the accelerator and go, I thought it was the brake. Yeah. You know. No, no, I, I'm I'm not saying that she's in the same situation. I'm just saying that there's 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 subtleties to these things. I, if I was on the jury, I'd have a hard time with that one. I would. Um, well, I shouldn't say it. it. Depends on what they're charging her with. If they're charging with her involuntary manslaughter, which I think is what the charge is, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I would not have a problem. With that. I'd be like, no, she involuntarily killed somebody. You know, nobody's even arguing that point. Right. So anyway. So, Christmas humor as we go out the door here, right before. Yes. So, uh, did you know the Christmas alphabet is shorter than the normal alphabet? I did not know Christmas had its own alphabet. It seems there is no L. Oh, man. And a copy of A Christmas Carol just fell on my toe. It hurts like the Dickens. (laughs) Okay, so on that note... Life that was hard. But it could be worse. Life was hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.